This podcast is brought to you by On Track Studio. We begin today by acknowledging the Gubby Gubby people as the traditional owners of the country where we're recording today. We recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place and we pay our respect to Elders past, present and emerging and respect all First Nations people listening today. Welcome to another episode of Boring is Bad for Business podcast, a show where we discuss how business leaders can create bold, not boring brands that delight and spark emotional connection. I'm Joel and I'm here with my co-host, Suji, that's me. In this episode, we're going to talk about how we take brand strategy, which we've talked about in in several episodes before, and how we transform that into a brand identity. And throughout this episode, we're going to give you you know four steps of how we bridge the gap from strategy to design, which is um, you know sometimes quite a quite a blurry process between you know is it strategy, is it brand identity, and you know when I was coming up, I I, I used to get um, you know quite overwhelmed of you know where strategy leads into design and. and, and and vice versa and I think as you've probably seen through these these previous episodes you know there is a lot of overlapping and you could call it could call it gray area but I think as well like there's a lot of buzzwords within you know strategy and, and identity where I ultimately see them as, as one of the same. We collaborate quite a bit so there are things that we're responsible for individually in a project Absolutely. and you know as we grow I think if, if we have a team around us as well that you know that'll be more like okay there's a team that's working with Suji on strategy team that's working with Joel on, on creativity creative direction and design yep. there will be a little bit more of a delineation but I think throughout the whole process there's a lot of conversation happening between us and that's where the magic happens is collaboration yeah definitely and I think designers like as a designer we give ourselves a lot of hard time about like what we're not strategists and it's like well i think any good designer is ultimately coming up with that makes you mad like because a decision is not just absolutely arbitrary it's a strategic decision to choose a color choose a typeface and talking to any designer he goes well i'm not a strategist like that is actually a mindset thing that you're not feeling good enough Absolutely, and I think yeah. Any any designer listening who's you know either at uni or or in a in a d- design position, don't be intimidated by that word strategy at all. Um, yeah, like I said, it is quite a quite a buzzword, but you know any sort of you know thinking of you know how is this going to drive sales or or affect the customer that we're talking to, you know that is that is why stra- is this color palette great? Absolutely. Why does this typeface feel right in my gut to propose? Like that is strategic thinking. Yep. So, um, you know, I've, I've muddied the water quite early in, this, gone po- script. in this podcast, <laughs> but you know, what I want to talk to, um, you today and, and, and the listeners obviously is just like how we take strategy, which by the time it sort of comes to us, it's, you know, still quite in those early stages of like, you know, what is the idea? There's obviously a lot of understanding of, you know, the fundamentals of a business. If you can, um, remember back a couple of episodes, we, d- we did the, the inside out, method where we talk about you know what that inside out process looks like um you know we've gone in we've had a good understanding of of the of the business the the brand and now we're starting to move out into into identity so um you know we're bridging that gap from from strategy to identity um and yeah we 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 generally start that meeting by you know a, a big ideas workshop i sit in all those strategy sessions as well so you know by the time me and Suji sit down for, for that big ideas workshop. I have a really good understanding of, you know, the inside out. I think it's positioning just to jump in. Like I would summarize 
out of the brand strategy process and if you go back to the inside out method mm-hmm. once we've, we've taken the client through the brand level and the business level in reverse order um got my onion around the wrong way once we've taken people through that and we've done our research as well we really understand a their customers who they want to talk to and their their needs we and then we also intimately understand how the business functions and then what makes the brand unique and those things tied together give us a really great positioning for a business or a brand that we're going to create and that positioning is in terms of okay how is this brand going to perceive be perceived in terms of relating to its competitors and then Mm -hmm. what are those core attributes that we're going to really elevate throughout the brand experiences yeah, as you can tell, Suji has a has a greater understanding of um, you know those the nitty gritty. Yeah, the, the nitty gritty. Um, and yeah, that's sort of where we we start to come in and, and, and collaborate. Um, and it's after you know that that workshop, Suji's gone away, developed uh, an overall strategy. But what's probably you know sometimes lacking within that strategy is is this big idea. Sometimes it's it's quite clear and, and evident, you know, exactly the narrative that we're going to tell with this identity and this brand. Um, but a lot of the time, it's not. We've got to sort of s- sit together and start to piece piece the puzzle together. And um, I think that's a great, you know, left and right brain coming together in in a in a workshop. And um, yeah, we we sort of just sit there and and just start throwing ideas at the wall. Um, you know, I like to try and keep it so there's no wrong wrong ideas um, during that that session. Um, and yeah, we we just discuss potential opportunities, threats, um, and you know what that overarching concept and idea. You know, we go, be. and it's it's such a loose like any brainstorm that I've kind of been a part of. Brainstorming's loose. Like there are little tools and tricks that you can do. Like, um, you know, how would we communicate this to somebody if we were a, for example, we couldn't use our words or like we couldn't like. There's tools like that you can use, but a lot of the time we're just like throwing out ideas and we just go, oh, okay, it could be that, but like, but what if it was this? And you start building off each other. I think the weirder that you get, the better. Like you can always come back and like like get it out, and it kind of triggers your brain to start thinking down a different tangent yeah and definitely and whatever we're coming up with we're we're really making sure that it's sticking to the strategy and the goals of the business like we can obviously come in and just do like hey this is a cosmetic look that we're going to go for but if it's not tied back to that that strategy you know we start to get into some dangerous waters so um you know those big ideas we still want to keep them grounded in the purpose of the business absolutely and how hard would it be and i'm sure we've all kind of been there to have a brainstorm without that strategy and without that positioning and the, the goals, it's like then every idea is on the table and it becomes really difficult to narrow them down and go, what's right, what's right, what's the best decision to make here? Yeah, one thing I see that's really good at creating, you know, those big ideas is, is tension. Um, so, yeah, there's certain things that we can't do because of, you know, X, Y and Z, but... I feel those those good ideas for for an identity and a brand come in come in tensions. So when I when I'm talking about tensions, it could be like, hey, we want to look luxe, but then at the same time we want to be you know really fun and 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 fun- functional. And it's like these are two quite polar opposites. And it's like, well, how can we build an identity and and this big idea to fit and cater for you know both outcomes, both attributes, sometimes you know two separate clients and customers. Yeah, it becomes a bit more unique to that business and that brand. Yeah, and you know where the alternative is. You know we have no strategy, and, and you know like you said, every item and option is is on the table, and it's like, well, yeah, it, it's endless, and and things just start to, to sort of spiral out of control. And what we we're trying to get out of that big idea workshop is like one direction, one idea that we can then start to roll into a an initial direction that we can then present back to 
back to the client. So, so my step two is... Um, can, before you go into step two, can we, can we chat about when it doesn't go well? Because with creativity, nothing is a straight line, nothing is linear, and sometimes we can sit down and there'll be nothing. <laughs> We're like, mm, nah, it's just not, it's not really, none of those ideas are really sitting straight for us. And it's like, well, you know, then none of them just feel in that gut that they hit the strategy on the, like on the nose or creatively. It's like, they're just not really up to scratch. Yeah, I think, um, you know, that's that's always going to happen, especially with, you know, creative block or, or whatever you want to call it, you know, in a, in a funk that week. But there is, you know, things we sort of put in place where, you know, like I said, I sit in on those strategy sessions. So that whole time I'm sitting there sort of penciling out potential ideas and then in that big idea meeting, I'm, I'm trying to present them and, and then I guess you're making sure that they're sound and, and, and fit with the strategy um, but yeah, they, they don't always work. And then it's like, okay, well, we're having some issues here. What can solve these problems? And, you know, sometimes it is taking that strategy back to the client and go, hey, we need clarity on, on you know, A, B and C. Yeah, or even stepping away. And I think there's something I just mm-hmm. wanted to, the reason I raised that point is just to point out that creativity, like as much as we put science around it with strategy, it's still creativity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it relies on, us as people coming to the table in like a, an energized space, you know, in, in, in an energized way, but also the the dynamics between us and like whoever you're working with, it does. So I think it's okay to step away and take that step back and often space away from a problem uh-huh. is where the best ideas come from. Yeah, I do this thing where I kind of obsess over a project. Um, my therapist tells me it's not healthy, but um, I think that's... <laughs> but you know better. So okay. Yeah, but I know better. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and stepping away and... You know, we, we do try and wrap this up into, you know, a, a workshop. But at the end of the day, like there's conversations before the workshop, there's conversations after the workshop. Um, and then even jumping into those those next stages, like things can change. Like we can be like, hey, like I've kind of gone down this rabbit hole here and there's an amazing opportunity that ticks all the boxes, um, you know, might go against a little bit that, that initial idea. So let's pivot a little bit. But I think just using that workshop to go, here's all the potential ideas that we can think of at this current stage um, and just gives me a little bit of direction on where we can start to push that that initial direction. Yep. So yeah, the, the second stage is the initial direction and it's a really exciting phase of the, the project because it's really the first time that we're presenting any sort of visual stim, stimulus to, to the client. By this stage, there's, I like to think, a, a fair bit of trust with ourselves and, and the client. You know, they've seen the strategy They've worked with us on, you know, um, communication back and forth. They've been into the studio. Um, a lot of the time, they're kind of coming to these next presentations really excited and, and eager for, for us to present something. And what we're presenting at that, that stage isn't, you know, some people call it a mood board. Some people call it a stylescape. I like to think of what we put together, um, which we just title it an initial direction. It hasn't got any, you know, sort of cool cool title yet but it's really a hybrid of of a mood board and a stylescape and it and it's really just giving the the client an idea of the direction and the the tone that we're trying to produce so um you know we add in photography typography layout color you know any patterns that you know we we find we we obviously look at competitors or sort of industry trends and you know make sure it does fit within those trends um but also making sure that we're ultimately not just like copying another brand and and what they're doing um you know my issue with just a standard mood board is generally people just get you know six to to nine images of of other brands and just put them together and go like this is what we're sort of heading where 
I really want to come up with our own ideas and, and things that, you know, ultimately at that stage, it is quite early, but, you know, client could look at a pattern and go like, that's sick. And it's like, well, yeah, we've, we've designed it for you. It's, it's unique for so you and your business. So to, to hone in on that a little bit more, mm-hmm. what you're saying is, and I think this is a point of difference, is that a mood board, it's just images, but when you're take creating an initial direction, it's actually designed, so you would be creating yes. patterns, shapes, you know, using real fonts. Mm-hmm. You do have to use stock photography because there's no time to shoot a real photo. Yep. But there is an element of iterative design, like you're doing your almost just your first part, first draft of a rough design. Absolutely. Um, and that's all about the design process, it's about iterations. Yeah, and, and we like to do this, um, you know, pretty early in the piece. And as well, you know, we want to come up with unique ideas, but I sort of limit it to, to two weeks. Um, anything longer than that, I feel there's potential that we could go down a, a rabbit hole where we present something back and the client's like, yeah, it doesn't really feel like us. And, then, and that, that still gives us time to go back to the drawing board and give them another initial direction. Yeah, I, I like to keep it sort of short and sweet. Um, and then that also allows us time in the future to go in and really refine and, and, and develop that initial direction into what would then become their their final identity. I feel like I just had this analogy so, in my head. It's like you have the goalposts are really wide on a mood board and mm-hmm. it's like that's kind of – that's almost like your Pinterest board yes. and then they come in another step on this initial direction and it's like as a creative and as a creative director, you actually start creating – unique shapes, composition, mm-hmm. and design. And then when you get to the next stage, say once you get past the initial direction being signed off, it's like, okay, that's my new goalpost. I need to keep honing into the next level um, and making those goalposts narrower and narrower until they actually touch, and that is mm-hmm. the bread identity. And, yeah, it's a really cool phase as well because, like, it doesn't always have to be visuals. Like, sometimes we can even start to pull in that tone of voice. So, um, you know, we've had a, a couple of brands with, like, some Aussie sort of cheek and slang in there, and we can start to pull some phrases and some terms into that initial direction. And it's like the customer can look at that and go like, shit, like you guys are really pushing it in, in this, in this direction. And, and you know, that's either exciting or maybe we need to sort of push it, push Mm -hmm. it over here a little bit. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool phase because you know, we've got, it's almost like 10, I said this to you the other day, it's almost like 10% of when we present that there's like a really crazy emotional response. We've had people cry. Uh-huh. Like we've had, yeah, yeah. yeah people cry and, and happiness and frustration as well. Like, oh, actually, that didn't really, that's not what we're trying to achieve. And yep. in that instance, it was also, wait a minute, the strategy of what you're saying, like yep. strategy we have documented versus what you're now saying has changed. So mm-hmm. it's not not always the creative that's kind of off. Yeah, um, yeah but I think it is a really an emotional, an emotional experience for clients. And that's fantastic because your brand, if you want to, connect and if you want to inspire and if you want to delight people it has to be led with emotion so to have that emotion trickling down from the 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 leaders in that business it's fantastic yeah for sure so at this stage we're presenting one one direction um do you like the band i love them one initial direction um and you know we we feel quite confident to do that just because throughout this process we we keep checking in with the client you know, they've obviously signed off on the strategy. There's been lots of conversations. And like I've said, you know, it's only a two-week period. So if we, you know, don't hit the nail on the head, we've still got time to then go away and do do another direction, which is, again, going to be closer to, you know, what they want because they've been able to look at something and go, hey, like, your colors are too saturated or, you know, the, the use of pattern here isn't what we really were talking about. Um, you maybe have misunderstood or we've explained it. 
And that happens. Not yeah, everybody absolutely. has the same design language, um, and that's totally okay. Yeah. Yep. You know, once we, we get this uh, initial direction across, um, we obviously, you know, take, take feedback. Um, and, yeah, again, it just allows us to sort of pull in more and more into that, that final direction, um, which is where we, we take it to the next stage. So, um, you know, usually that's another, you know, three to four week process. And, and, and during that stage, we really, you know, refine that initial direction. So, you know, that stage we go away and we start, you know, sketching out logo concepts, um, you know, pulling all those concepts down. You know, I, I start with a sketch, move it across the computer, refine, refine, refine. Um, and then at the end, we present one one logo concept. Yeah, we, we work on, you know, typography, layout, the photography, art direction. You know, is there motion used within this brand and this project? You know, what does that actually look like? Um, obviously, patterns and those uh, additional graphic elements. And when we go back and, and present this to the client, I'm sort of seeing this as, um, you know, they're obviously all ownable elements for, for the client. Like they could literally just sign on the, the piece of paper, happy to sign off, and we can start to roll this out, out tomorrow. Um, so yeah. they are perfect. They're not conceptual. They're ready to go. They're ready to go. And, um, you know, there's not many – when we sort of break it down and I start to explain it, it doesn't seem like there's, there's many steps involved. But, um, you know, we've been talking and collaborating with the, pro, uh, the, the customer from, from the get-go, from, you know, those early workshop um, strategy workshop stages you know we're talking to them you know every every couple of days and just you know working working together to to develop ultimately that that final identity yeah so nothing's a surprise you're not really going away for four or five weeks and mm-hmm. saying i've presented a mood board that doesn't actually have any customization to it three or f- like four weeks later which is can be a pri- in some way it is a way that people do it Four weeks later, here's your fully fleshed out identity without having that feedback and collaboration. Like, it, well, for me, it always just comes back to collaboration. Like, the brand, like what we do is so much more powerful with collaboration from the client and, you know, in between our team as well and anybody else who's involved. And I just want to, like, not focus in on this as well because, you know, you talk about all these things that you're, you're doing, like logo design, choosing typefaces, uh-huh. composition, and composition is layout design. So it might be a brochure. It could be looking at social media like the feed and how that looks email template design um signage um you're pulling together the photography art direction so you know we talked about we've talked about this before it's like what are people wearing where's the location what's what's the warehouse look like yeah what are we trying to convey what are we trying to convey like you're also doing motion and pattern like there's actually a lot of detail and a lot of work Mm -hmm. in this identity development phase and i think that's the thing if you do this at two arms length then it can become, you can go on a different tangent to the client's original vision. Yeah, and and just all those things that you've walked through, you know, we don't do all of those things for every single client. Like we we generally identify at those early stages of like, okay, like this brand does need motion. So, you know, let's spend a fair bit of time on on focusing on animated type or or something. Um, Or, you know, this is an e-com brand. So let's figure out exactly how the art direction for these lifestyle and product shoots are going to look like um you know we customize these identity packages for for all our clients it's not like you know you're going to get a logo four colors and and you know some patterns it's it's very customized um to to the individual but yeah we we sort of just try and you know just keep checking with the client like are we heading in in the right direction and and it's not it's not considered hand holding or, or anything but it's a lot more of a better process than yeah like you said just doing a 
a rough mood board of somebody else's work and then you know four or six weeks later going like hey here's an amazing presentation and it's like well one it feels like the the client and the customer hasn't been consulted throughout the the process um and and two it puts a a damn lot of pressure on a creative team to come away and create something that's absolutely perfect and then you're presenting something to the client that they've never seen before and you're sort of sitting there expecting them to be like amazing it's like this is generally a really big change for a business and a brand a a redesign or or a startup um so to just go away and then just present something you know six weeks later expecting them just to fall in love with it um you know is a quite unrealistic expectation i believe so we present this identity in a in a meeting um Mm -hmm. i i prefer to do face to face um you know just with the the state of the nation we have to do it a lot of the times on on zoom but to be able to do it in the room with the client is you know definitely has its benefits because you can read people's faces um you don't you're probably not going to get the the crying with happiness reaction on zoom although like personally i don't mind a zoom meeting um i think it opens us across borders and we're not always trying to just like get people in tears but um Presenting in the room is is a lot, um, you know, a lot better. And during that that presentation, we we obviously show them all the elements of the of the brand that we've put together. But we also show them in in mock ups, so like how this brand would look out in out in society. So you know, if it is a logo, you know, you're never really going to see your logo floating in space. It's always going to be shown in a in a situation. So whether it's on a um, you know piece of collateral or it's printed on the side of a building. Um, just showing it in context really allows the the client to understand what's the intention of of the the logo. Um, even you know just some motion, like how's this motion going to work across on their show, socials, and and show them examples of you know how a story could work. Show them in in context. When we present, a lot of the time they do sort of sign off in in the room. I like to give them you know the night at least to sleep on it because like I said, it is a lot for them to to take in. So our final stage after we've presented that brand identity, um, you know, got signed off from the client, we really move into a phase of just rollout and handover. Um, there is a, a little bit of space in there. Obviously, if, if the client has, you know, those changes, we, we go in and, and make those final changes, obviously, um, and just make sure that they're really happy with, with all those touch points before we move into rollout. Um, throughout that stage, we, you know, give them things that they can actually, you know, go straight to market with. So, you know, whether it's business card designs, social media content that they can literally, you know, start posting the next day. Um, Do you get into Canva for that? <laughs> we have been. Um, I think it's a great tool for brands to have. I know as a designer, a previous designer, it would pain me, but it's great for brand owners to have. Well, yeah, it, it is pretty, yeah, it is very useful for, for a business owner who doesn't have, you know, doesn't want to subscribe to the Adobe suite and I completely get that. Oh, they um, haven't gone to school to learn how to use it. <laughs> yeah, but just to be able to, for them to go in and, and just update their content yeah. um, and just, you know, what we try and do is give them as many tools so they can get, um, you know, almost as much bang for their buck as, as they can um, and, and, and roll that out for as long as, and, and as, um, for as long as possible. We also work with collaborators and printers, um, you know, during this phase, making sure that, you know, all, all um, T-shirts and, and signage, you know, really reflects the brand and that we're not sort of, you know, doing all this amazing work and then once it starts to get rolled out into um, into the real world, it starts to fall apart. Like we, we have seen that before. So we, we're really conscious to, to make sure we have like clear rules and, and guidelines that, um, you know, provide these third parties with, you know, real straightforward 
you know, tools of just like how to make sure that you don't fuck up all the good work that we've done. Um, and we build that into, into a, um, a style guide. So in that style guide, you've got those initial strategy documents. So, you know, our values, who we are, um, what the goals of the business and the brand are. But then we obviously go into, um, you know, how the identity should look, feel and sound. So there's things of like, hey, recommendations for tone of voice. Like you always speak in, you know, it might be third person. Monotone. Or, yeah, monotone, or like <laughs> I do when I speak. Um, or even like color, like, hey, like if you're going to do a blue, this is the exact blue that you need to use. And then there's that consistency across, you know, all those touch points. So, um, you know, that document is fantastic to be able to hand over to the client because it just, you know, makes sure that when the brand goes out into the real world, um, it's consistent and it's really, you know, on, on brand. Yeah, love it. And it's a, I love this tool as well. I always tell clients, use this as an onboarding tool. Not, not necessarily like who, it depends who needs to read the end of it, like in terms of the uh-huh. technical details about how to apply the brand. But everybody in the organization should definitely read the strategy and should understand that. And it's, you know, keep teaching, teaching that and living that out. And yeah, that, that document should keep evolving. Like we've touched on previously, like we see that brands need to keep, keep evolving. And um, yeah, that document as your business and your brand grows, should keep growing as well. Um, and, you know, obviously if it, if it keeps growing, we would love to be a part of that, that growth. So um, that's our brand identity process. So just to, just to go back through, um, we obviously, you know, Suji comes to the table um, and the strategy team comes together with a, with a great, you know, strategy to, to start with. Then we roll that into a, a big idea workshop. Then we, we, create an initial direction, get that across to the client as, as early as possible, really refine that initial direction into that brand identity, get sign-off, and then roll out and hand over. So. Awesome. No, that, I think that's a really great share. Thank you for putting this episode together. It really shows client either, you know, people, if they're potentially about to invest in a brand identity and go down that process, what it's like, you know, what they can expect. Because I know some people, they haven't done this before. Or it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also gives you an insight, like that's how it works at the Good Studio. Yep. If you, you are a client um, and, or you're about to become a client, can't wait to work with you. And um, yeah, I really love that. It's interesting to hear it from the perspective of you or yourself as the person who kind of guides this. So yeah, thanks for putting that together. Yeah, and if you've enjoyed this episode, please shoot us an email at hello at the Good Studio um, or, or flick us a DM or just simply um, give us a follow on Apple Podcast. And we really look forward to, to speaking to you next week. <laughs>